Need some activities to do this weekend? We've got you covered. This is What's on Tap on Wisconsin's Afternoon News. Yeah, we got a lot of great stuff coming up on tap this weekend. The Milwaukee Art Museum has a free day tomorrow. No admission tomorrow. Bader Philanthropies is doing this to honor the 99th anniversary of the birth of Dr. Alfred Bader, who is a chemist and a big supporter of the Milwaukee Art Museum. So here's the deal. Tomorrow from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m., the Milwaukee Art Museum is free. You show up and you go to our beautiful museum. I love this. 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. tomorrow, the Milwaukee Art Museum is free. 10th Annual Wisconsin Grilled Cheese Championship takes place. This sounds like fun. Dodgeville Area Chamber of Commerce inviting everybody to show up. There will be food trucks, vendors, a kid's area, beers and Bloody Marys. This is Saturday at the Lay Memorial Pavilion at Harris Park in Dodgeville. So it's the 10th Annual Grilled Cheese Championship. I love grilled cheese. I saw someone with a grilled cheese sandwich, and I was like, she had half sitting there. And I was like, how can you leave half? <laughs> criminal. How could you leave half a grilled cheese? Absolutely criminal. You should have asked for it. I was like, can I have it? Yeah, you're going to eat that. <laughs> <laughs> that wouldn't be weird. Also... A Midsummer Night's Dream is being performed in Oconomowoc by the Oconomowoc High School Players. I love high school theater. It's just kind of fun. Yeah, super fun. So now through Sunday. So uh, tonight, tomorrow night, Saturday, and Sunday at the Oconomowoc Arts Theater. For more information, you can check out the Oconomowoc High School website. But A Midsummer Night's Dream, I never felt like I was smart enough to get into Shakespeare because I couldn't understand most of it. I highly recommend reading it before you go to see the play. (laughs) Well, is this a short read? How much time do you need to? (laughs) But Maybe Cliff Notes. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh, God, remember Cliff Notes? Remember? You have young kids. Are, are Cliff Notes still a thing? No, there's a new one that they use. I forget what it's called. Is it online? Is it yeah. like an app or oh, something? Yeah. Oh, of no, course. No remember paper. the yellow Cliff Notes? It was in the yellow, yes. yellow, yellow, yellow with black. the black stripes. It, made, it was so obvious that you were doing so it, too. Obvious. It's like, why can I hide this giant yellow flag? No, you I can't. <laughs> I do remember we would sometimes tear the cover off. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> and like put it inside your textbook. Uh, I do appreciate a good plot summary. Yeah, exactly. And also, this is going on this weekend. This is a cool thing we've talked about during the week. The Milwaukee Film Festival continues. More than 300 films yet to be shown. This is going to be really cool. The Milwaukee Film Festival, now through May 4th at the Oriental Theater, the Time Cinema, and the Avalon Theater. For information, go to mkefilm.org. Mkefilm.org. I, I got to get involved in this some year. They do a lot of cool, interesting stuff. and I, I had so many on my list, too, and I've been busy here with you guys. Yeah, we've been yeah. making you work this week. I know it. So Good that thing. is What's on Tap. It is 514 at WTMJ. Charles Benson is with us talking shared revenue. He's going to take us inside what this means to Milwaukee, surrounding counties. He'll give us some good perspective. If you're like shared revenue and your eyes glaze over, he's going to do a really nice job uh, telling us why this is so relevant. That's up next. So GOP lawmakers have unveiled parts of a new shared revenue plan. Most of the plan has now been revealed. Important to point out, this is just a plan. The state Senate will have to weigh in, and it may not end up exactly how it looks, but Republicans coming to the aid, some say, of Milwaukee, Milwaukee County, and providing money, additional money to all of our counties and cities in the state. Charles Benson, TMJ4, chief political reporter, was at uh, an event earlier today, and he's with us now to explain this. Charles, what are the key takeaways for what's, from what's been rolled out here? All right, so this is my caveat because I was at a different event uh, this afternoon on the, the upcoming Republican National Convention, so I have not been able to hit, hear the hits, runs, and errors from what the Republicans announced at 4 o'clock. But I have been watching and following in this story today and, and throughout 
uh, the days and weeks and years on this. So there's two components that we're talking about. And so I want to see what you might have heard out of the 4 o'clock event. The key component we're hearing today is about shared revenue. This is this common term of how the state shares money with local communities, uh, provides them X amount of money based on money that is collected by the state. This is a process uh, that has been going on for decades. The problem is, is that as the state has been collecting more and more and more money, I mean, I think the numbers have tripled in terms of the state income tax, the money returning back to places like Pewaukee or Milwaukee or West Dallas, that has been on a flat line or in some cases on a decline. So today, one of the key components we're hearing from is that lawmakers, Republican Assembly uh, members, are saying we're going to give more back to these local communities. And in simplistic terms, uh, John, they're talking about, everybody knows this, the state sales tax is five cents on a dollar. And what they're saying is that one penny, 20 percent of that five cent, is now going to go towards the municipalities to help pay for these things. But it also, a key component of that ingredient in this solution is that additional money that will go to the communities must, it has some restrictions on how it must be spent. And one of the key areas that lawmakers are suggesting it needs to be spent on is public safety, police, and fire. So, Charles, the other component uh, while you were at your other event that was kind of rolled out was that Milwaukee and Milwaukee County... Milwaukee County will be allowed to bump up their sales tax. Milwaukee, the city, will be able to institute a sales tax, and it will go largely to pay for pension obligations, which are strangling the budgets of Milwaukee City and Milwaukee County. How big a deal is this? This is the key component when you talk to city leaders, people who are familiar with the budgets of the city and the county. The pension obligations are enormous. We're talking hundreds of millions of dollars. These are the things that have sort of straddled, uh, especially the city of Milwaukee, of trying to move forward with all the things that a city is obligated to do in paying for city workers, police workers, fire departments, uh, all the other um, you know, capital costs. But it's the obligation of the pension that has gotten away from them that they're not able to, unless they make enormous cuts, to meet those obligations. So the talk has always been, can the city of Milwaukee get a revenue stream that it has never, ever had, and that is a part of a sales tax? John, did they use any numbers on what that sales tax uh, increase could look like for the city of Milwaukee? They say that the sales tax, uh, city of Milwaukee could institute a 2% sales tax. So and a, 2%, okay. and I, didn't, I did not see a projection on how much money they believe that will raise. And they also said uh, that the county would add point. Three seven five percent to its sales yeah. tax, and I'd seen some, I, I had seen some reporting on that number. So the the thought process is that that kind of money can help and help the city deal specifically with this pension issue. But also, and I wanted to see how strongly they talked about this at the news conference at four, because the reporting on this is that it would have to go before voters in a referendum to get approval for that sales increase, sales tax increase. Now, I'm not, that that's, that, that's, a, that's a very interesting point because, you know, we were on the air also, so I couldn't hear the whole thing. But the reporting right. I've read seems to indicate it either needs to go for a referendum or the governor could sign it. So I also oh. need to check and see, is that an either yep. or? I'm, I'm not sure. 
That's it, what, so it does I, and, say and that our, our report, Charles, I'm sorry to interrupt, but it's yeah, our report sorry. said all proposals need approval either by the governor or through a voter referendum. Okay, so that's an interesting component there. Uh, it kind of puts it on the governor's back uh, in terms of uh, whether or not the sales tax uh, per- component of this would fall among the voters or with the governor. So that is a close story to follow. How will this go forward? What we're hearing from today is Assembly Republicans. Have you heard from any Senate Republicans, John? No, we haven't. And, Charles, that's a very good point because, well, Devin Lemahieu's office, the Senate Majority Leader, said they're open to this, but they definitely have not endorsed this plan. So this has not gotten the approval of Senate Republicans yet. Right. So that's what's going to be interesting for me going forward. What eventually, you know, are we in the ballpark here uh, on what this may or may not look like? And some of the key details, especially around how much is going to go to pay off the pension, how much can the county use to do uh, some things? I think they are in a better position on the county because they have put some uh, things in position to help solve that particular issue. So to me, the second critical component of this around the sales tax is the story to follow. I do think, though, we're hearing not everybody's happy on how the shared revenue is falling out. I think you had a conversation with the county executive. Yeah, exactly. uh, Exactly, Charles. And he's not happy because he says that more funding needs to go to counties that spend less money per person and they will not get as big a bump. Uh, One interesting thing, Charles, uh, one other thing, sources have told me earlier this afternoon that Robin Voss has been in constant contact with both the governor and his counterpart in the state Senate about this. And I think it's big news that neither of those two gentlemen came out today and blasted this. So this would tell me that they've worked through a lot of this and it's likely to get done. Right. So that's an, that's another thing that's been different. You and I have often talked about, you know, who's having conversations over there in, in Madison? Is is Voss talking to Evers? Is Evers talking to Voss? Uh, what is Lemihu doing uh uh, doing here as well on how all of this. Those are the three key players here, along with County Executive Crawley and the city of uh, Milwaukee Mayor Cavalier Johnson. We know that those people have all been in some form of conversation. So what I would say today is the ball is moving. Things are changing. And they can be and turn out to be dramatic changes on government finances. TMJ Force Charles Benson. Good perspective, Charles. Thank you so much. You're welcome. What a great day to be on the golf course. That's where we find meteorologist Brian Isnansky. Niz, I saw you hitting, I don't know, that looked like a lob wedge on TV a little while ago. Yeah, I did try to hit a little lob wedge. I couldn't really kind of fully get under it as much as I could. There was a little tree in play, but <laughs> tricky tricky shot. I went a little long on it. You know when you got the camera on you, you get a yeah. little amped up. You know the adrenaline. Yes, exactly. <laughs> you look pretty good. You got it up in the air. Yeah, you flew the green, but yeah, I uh, I'm just happy I didn't whiff. I what don't do, know how what are you doing out on the golf course? Yeah, what's up? What Sorry, are you doing I, out I on the golf course? Um, you're breaking up again. That's my apologies. Hey, no, no. What What are you doing out there? Why are you there? Oh, what we're doing out here? Um, we are. Um, just out here because it's a beautiful day. Uh, honestly, I was like, okay, where do we go? Where are people that are enjoying this awesome weather? And I thought, golf course, let's do it. And you know what? Curry looks good out here. Milwaukee County Parks course looks really fresh. I, I love that course. Up. That's a lot of fun, yeah. Curry. 
Totally. It's one of those courses that it's good for all players. I mean, you don't feel too overwhelmed. It's not like super stuffy or anything. And then there's like people who are, you know, serious golfers out here who get get a little bit of a challenge. So, yeah, no, I like her too. Just don't hit it on the freeway, Niz. That, that's that's <laughs> disrupting I'm traffic. Right over here by, you know those little pitching greens that are kind of back behind the clubhouse there? I'm, I'm looking at them right now, and I see, the, I see 41 in the distance. I'm like, okay, <laughs> not too much adrenaline. I could be up there pretty easily. <laughs> hey, so your buddy Steve Shamraz just sent me a, a text that says, hey, Niz keeps okay. his clubs in the back of the storm chaser all summer long with a couple of smiley <laughs> crying faces. <laughs> uh, half true. <laughs> half true? Totally true. Totally true. It was it was 100% true um, during our COVID era where I was basically living out of this truck when, when I couldn't walk into the station, but I could do the weather from the truck wherever I wanted. So, yes, the golf clubs were in there quite a bit during that time. Shammy sounds jealous. He is. You know, the guy the guy's like a renaissance man. He's got a, you know, his, his life is good for Shammy. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, anytime he sees any joy out of anybody else, he's ready to <laughs> I gotta yeah, tear this exactly. down. <laughs> Don't get me started. Yeah. So it sounds like we got what one more good day tomorrow. Yeah, you know tomorrow looks okay. It's not going to be as nice as today. Um, we have, I, I mean, probably more in the way of fifties versus the sixties. Uh, you're probably going to have to go west of Waukesha to get the sixties tomorrow. There will also be a little bit more cloud cover, but overall a decent day uh, before things start to bottom out in the weekend again. So partly cl- cloudy tomorrow. Fifty-seven for a high lakeside. Sixty-three degrees inland. Heading into uh, Saturday, mostly cloudy with some showers likely. Probably around midday is our best chance of some rain on Saturday. High temperature 53. Sunday breezy and chilly with rain, sleet, snow showers 45. I don't think it's a complete washout or anything, but just kind of like one of those days where it's dry and then all of a sudden you get a dark cloud and next thing you know, here's that groppily sleety stuff again. So. Um, so one more of those days. Monday, maybe again, still hanging around 45 with a slight chance of a rain, sleet, or snow shower. So we got to get out of this, guys. Um, next week, midweek looks dry, but still kind of cool. Highs in the 50s. The average high is like 60. So, oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. This is like an average day. Yeah. So what we're seeing now, and it just feels great after uh, kind of the weekend we had and what we're staring down. All right, Niz. Have fun out there on the course. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Yep. Sounds good, guys. See you later. Michael Jordan played 15 years, won six championships. The other nine years was a failure. That's what you're telling me. I'm asking you a question. Yes or no? Okay, exactly. So why are you asking me that question? It's a wrong question. That is Giannis Antetokounmpo after last night's loss, talking to Eric Name of The Athletic. Eric Name is with us here in the studio. I want to set the background a little bit. So they lose. There's a cooling off period in the NBA. He comes out to the podium. Where in the order of questioning did you come up? Was this the first question? Was it after a couple other questions? Yeah, I mean, so typically I start and then I don't get the microphone back. So uh, I think I'd, that was probably like the fourth question I'd asked him. Were you surprised at his reaction? Uh, yeah. Um, I mean, so I, I guess I, I think why I wanted to ask him that question specifically is I think over the years... He's shown um, just a, a really interesting thought process on what 
most sports fans and most people think is pretty simple, like the binary win or loss, right? Like that is something that over the years he just really hasn't subscribed to. Um, I think he's done. So you were genuinely interested in what he was thinking as an athlete. For sure. Because I, I know as I'm sitting here thinking about the number one team in the league, best record, losing in the first round to an eight seed, just the fourth time that's happened in a best of seven series. Um, I mean, I think most Bucks fans would say this season was a failure. And and I'm not one to think, you know, if you fail one season, that means you're a failure for the rest of your life, that, you know, it's not going to work out going forward or whatever it is. Like, you know, sometimes happen, sometimes things happen in a season and, and it doesn't work out. And, um, I, I was genuinely curious how he tries to comprehend something like that. And, and I just think over the years, we've seen such a deep philosophical kind of approach from him ab- about all of these ideas that I, I didn't think he would subscribe to the idea of a failure, but I also didn't know, you know, how you try to build off of a moment where you don't have success. Uh, and obviously, I think the answer that he gave was great. I think it's like a true insight into how Giannis views these things. And, and ultimately, uh, it was a little bit more emotionally charged than I thought it was going to be. But in the end, I think I am happy with you know exactly what we all got to find out about his thought process and how he views these things. All right, I want to play another clip, and then I have a question about that. Then, then Bob's going to jump in here. Michael Jordan played 15 years. Won six championship. The other nine years was a failure. That's what you're telling me. Oh. I'm asking you a question. Yes or no? Okay, exactly. So why are you asking me that question? It's a wrong question. Okay, so here's my question about your question. When Giannis Antetokounmpo or any athlete or any newsmaker that we're covering then asks a reporter a question, it's usually you know a rhetorical question, sure. and it's not, and he wants you to answer the question. Two-part question. What is that like? What's going through your mind? And what's your relationship with him like in general? Yeah, I mean, this is... I've been covering the Bucks since the 15-16 season. So, what is that, eight years now oh. at this point? Um, I think over the years, Giannis has been more open with me than just about any other reporter. Um, I don't really, you know, fear any sort of you know, conversation that we're going to have. It's not like I've asked him only the nicest questions he's ever gotten. Like I've, I've confronted him about different things before I've asked him about shooting free throws and the struggles that he has there. And, you know, one of the things we talked about this season was like the struggles that he was having. And, And I do tend to think I keep it pretty real with him. So, uh, I've been in those conversations before. I thought it was a rhetorical question, like something that he didn't actually want an answer to, which is fine. Um, I, I'm more than happy to answer it. Um, you know, as I was doing Levitar today, uh, Pablo Torre said, you're not a very good Michael Jordan. I don't know if Michael Jordan would have answered the way that you did. Um, and it's it's true. I, I do. I Honestly, as a reporter, I would love if... Uh, someone out there wants to give me Michael Jordan's contact info and we can talk through how he would view it because I do also genuinely think that's fascinating. Like this is how Giannis views winning, losing, failure, success. How does Michael Jordan view it? I would genuinely like to know what he would think to and and what his answer would be to that question that Giannis posed to me. But we also saw the last dance. Isn't Jordan more likely to say, yeah, it was a failure. If I lose at checkers, 
that was a failure. If I don't win the championship every year, that's a failure. Yeah, it very well could be. But again, that would be something I'd be very interested to know. Yeah. Full disclosure, uh, Eric got to bed at noon today, got about three, four hours of sleep, so he's a little groggy because th- this was going on that long. It, when you asked the question, Eric, what did you expect the response to be? Did you think it was going to be along the line of, yes, it's a failure, this this will fuel me and this will fuel our team going forward? Did you kind of expect that generic answer that I think a lot of fans expected, he would say? Um, no, that's just not how Giannis tends to be. I, I just think he's endlessly fascinating to anyone that covers him, any, any Bucks fans. I think so often when you think about what's been fun about seeing him grow up over the years is just him develop from, you know, like an intellectual standpoint that, you know, he's rejecting the idea of like the binary win, lose, failure, success. Like he always has these deeper thoughts. And, and really I, I, I try my best to answer or to ask him as open-ended of questions as possible, just that we can really try to dive into that, that psychology behind all of it, because you know, I think part of him winning a championship was kind of letting go of that hard outer exterior that he's had for so long that I think so many athletes are taught to have to protect themselves that, you know, just be a tough guy and don't do that. And Giannis over the years has really explored like what it means to not be and, and to be more vulnerable. Um, so no, I did not think he was just going to say, yes, it was a failure. We'll grow from it. I thought he would genuinely dive into what that topic was. And that is ultimately what ended up happening. Do you think he was a little tense with you? Yeah. I mean, I, I think there's probably, when you lose the way that the Bucks lost, uh, there's going to be emotions and tension in, in all of those things. And I'd, I don't want to say like, uh, you know, um, it's not a situation where you want to run from it. I think there's interesting things to be found out from those feelings. And yeah, like it, I think in an ideal world, the Bucks would have had exit interviews today and I would have gotten to ask that question to Giannis, but the Bucks haven't, been doing exit interviews like that for a long time and Giannis hasn't done an exit interview in I uh, I'm gonna say six seasons. Wow. Um so you you kinda know that the last time you see him is that podium after the game and, and you know like that's gonna be the last time I talk to him for probably months. So it's not maybe the ideal situation. I know it probably would have been great to give him a little bit more time to cool off, but uh, you know, as as the situation calls for it, I didn't have that time. That's what you have to do. The Athletics Eric name. I love the question. I thought it was a great question. It was the question we've all afternoon talked about. That's the question because that's what Bucks fans are talking about. Uh, thank you so much for being with us, Eric. All season, we really appreciate. It. Enjoy your work too. You do a really nice job. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you.